Jai Sadgurudev to all. A very warm greetings to everybody about this platform. My name is Anurag Dev and I am your host for the day. Today's session, the Vihangam Yoga online satsang session, is an extended session of what we had in the previous session about understanding the human body. We have gone through how a body functions, how the several elements inside the body, the subtle and the subtlest elements inside the body are responsible for our emotions or can be controlled with the technique of Vihangam Yoga meditation. Human body, as we discussed in the last session, it is still a very intriguing and a very undiscovered phenomena for entire scientific community. The deeper, the, all the understanding that we have on the plane of logic, on the plane of our uh, you know, learnings, is entirely based upon the physical functioning of our sense organs. The discussion that we had in the last session dealt more into understanding the human body from a very spiritual perspective. Today we continue on the same journey. We will now take a deeper look into this from uh, the eminent speaker of the today, Priyanka Prakashji. She is an authorized instructor she of Vihangam Yoga, born in India and currently working as a data analyst We joining from Switzerland. Last time she presented a journey to us, which is going to be more interesting this time. I take the control and give it back to Priyanka Ji to take us further into this journey of the connection, the functioning of human body, the understanding of human body and its relation with mind, its relation with emotions and ultimately the spiritual wisdom. Forward to you, Priyanka Prakashi. Just Sadhguru Dev, everybody. Thank you for letting me about, be a part of this spiritual gathering through Vihangam Yoga Online Satsang. Today, I will be delving in a little deeper into understanding our human body from a spiritual perspective. Please note that this is an extended version of my earlier talk on understanding our human body, and I will make references to what has been covered previously. First of all, I just want to take a moment to reflect on why this topic is important and why all of humanity should be learning how to understand their human body from a spiritual perspective. By being connected to our bodies, we learn the ability to change our past conditions and develop new habits that come from a place of awareness. For too long, we have become enslaved to the workings of the mind, which is the source of all pain and suffering in this world. By tapping into our spiritual source or being, we can learn to work with our mind rather than let our mind control us completely. To enter into this stage, it takes courage, faith and an openness to understand what is and is not serving us purpose in our lives. So please come along with me in this deeper journey within the body to better understand the workings of the body and understand how acquiring a spiritual perspective can help in making better decisions in life from a conscious and clear space within. In my previous talk, I explained that there are 14 organs that significantly impact how we function in this world, including how we perceive, 
perform actions and interact with all living beings. This all occurs within our body called the gross body. Of the 14 organs, five are sensory organs, the ears, the skin, the eyes, the tongue and the nose. And they're used to help us experience and interpret the world. Then there are five organs that are used to perform necessary bodily functions. Finally, there are four inner organs, the mind, intellect, chitta and ego. According to the Yoga Sutras, the soul in a being sees the world through the means of the mind. The mind uses this energy to activate the sensory organs and facilitate body functioning. Therefore, the mind cannot function without the soul, but the soul needs the mind to see the world. The highest entity in the body is the soul, then the mind, then the senses, and lastly the body. However, in the course of our lives, this relationship changes and has become reversed and the soul is pushed to the bottom. The soul is ruled by the mind, the mind by the senses, and the senses by the body. By understanding our human body from a spiritual perspective, we can develop the ability to reverse this process, giving the soul its rightful position. And this is the aim of yoga and meditation. I will expand on this more later on. The reason why the human body is so special is because within the body lies the ever-present soul that has true capability to perceive and to observe. The problem is, of course, that over time we lose sight of our soul and in many cases we even forget it exists. Referring to the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, by regular inquiry into the role of our senses, we can reduce the mental distortions that are being caused by our minds, incessant processing of information that it receives from our senses. The mind is built up over time based on chitta, all past memories, conditions, experiences, and the ego, which are your fears, beliefs, disbeliefs, and false identities. These color the mind. If the mind is colored, then the perception of the world that the soul receives is also going to be colored. This is why dedicating effort and energy to reach a clear state of mind is so important. The idea behind understanding the human body from a spiritual perspective is aimed at clearing the mind so that the perception that the soul has of the world and of itself is also clear. It is only in this stage can the soul see how the mind works and how to work with it. The soul does not destroy the mind though. It simply gains control over the mind. And when we are deeply connected with soul, we are more capable at understanding our strengths and weaknesses. And we know what causes us less or more suffering. The soul is that part of us that is capable of really seeing and perceiving. It cannot change. 
It isn't born and it cannot die. The world, however, around us is constantly changing. And so the information that the mind receives from this world is also constantly changing. These changes can influence us both externally and internally. And at the same time, all internal changes in our body can influence our relationship with the world. All of these changes can be clearly perceived by the soul. To easily understand what the soul is, let me give you an example of a corpse. In death, the soul vanishes. The body, the brain and the sense organs are still present, but they are not active because the soul does not exist. What is death but change? It is a state of change from living to dying. Therefore, what remains is the one thing that does not change. This is the soul. Another example I would like to give you is that of a toaster. A toaster sitting on the bench on its own cannot actually perform the function of toasting your bread, even if you put the toast into it. This is because it does not yet possess the electrical energy required to toast the bread. You need to plug it into the electric socket for this energy to flow to the toaster. This electrical energy can be understood as the one that gives functioning ability to the toaster. Without it, the toaster is just a lifeless appliance sitting on your kitchen bench. Much like this, the soul is that energy that activates the functioning of everything within the body. Yet why is it that for many human beings, it is rather difficult to reach connection to this inner energy within? The reason behind this lies in the contribution that chitta and ego play in shaping our understanding of the world. Our senses and our body constantly feed information back to the mind, which perceives this information and translates it into actions that we perform. The issue occurs when we misunderstand a situation and use our past conditions recorded in the chitta to perceive the situation and act accordingly. All of this happens so quickly and naturally that we are confused and lost when we find ourselves in all sorts of problems that source from these misperceptions. I want to mention here that there are two types of actions we perform when we misunderstand something. First, we perform the wrong action or we perform no action at all when in fact it could have been good for us. In Sanskrit, the results of these misperceptions are called avidya. As these results accumulate over time, based on our unconscious actions we have performed, we continue along this path and develop a kind of habit of performing actions based on our misperceptions, which were wrong yesterday, but have become the norm today. This avidya clouds our mind, therefore making it difficult to perceive the world more clearly in this present moment. Through the process of yoga and meditation, we can learn how to reduce this avidya over our mind so that we return to a state of clarity and be more deeply connected to our soul. Developing a deeper connection with our human body to ultimately live as a true expression of ourselves works much like the rungs of a ladder.
it isn't instantaneous and we must begin at the lowest and simplest level. As I've discussed in my previous talk, this begins with connection to the breath. It is the breath that represents the prana, which is the vital energy flowing within and outside our body. In fact, many yoga texts state that the prana is an expression of the workings of the soul. So to initiate a connection to soul, one can learn to connect to the breath. Furthermore, the state of the mind is also very closely linked to the quality of prana within. In fact, when we are overcome by avidya, our quality of prana is directly affected causing this energy to flow outside rather than remain inside our bodies. The purpose of conducting pranayamas, which are breathing exercises, is therefore to restore this prana into our body and aid in the proper flowing of this energy. Therefore, how and where the prana flows directly impacts our state of mind. And it is by observing our breath during these breathing exercises, are we able to understand what our state of mind is at that moment in time? Let me explain this with an example. Someone who is experiencing anxiety will take very short and shallow breaths, normally starting and ending in the lungs. This quick breathing is what interrupts the natural flow of prana to the brain and to the other organs in the body. How does the body respond? It tightens up, which occurs because the flow of blood and energy to certain regions becomes restricted. By slowing the breath down and by breathing deeply from the diaphragm, we increase the prana to flow back into the body, thus increasing the energy and blood flow to reach the brain and other organs. And this activity helps relax the muscles, thus loosening up the body. The other great benefit of doing pranayamas is that they are available to us anywhere and at any time. In fact, by developing a habit of conducting these exercises and observing the breath, we can neutralize the impact of strong emotions such as anxiety and anger because the practice forces us to strengthen our perceptive capabilities. However, just doing breathing exercises is not enough to develop a deeper understanding of being which is why we move into the second deeper stage of understanding our body. And that is through feeling our body from the inside. This can be done by observing our emotions. You might be wondering, why is this important? Well, let's suppose we have a situation where a person feels stressed. How does stress feel? For some, it's muscles in the shoulders and neck tightening while for others it's felt in the stomach, kind of like a churning sensation. So stress is generated from the mind, but it is the body which reacts to it. Therefore, emotions are your body's reaction to your mind. Or in other words, they're a reflection of your mind. Research has even shown that strong emotions have the ability to change the biochemistry of the body. But how often are we aware of our emotions? To build an internal awareness, we need to observe our body or parts of our body, which are reacting to the mind. 
We need to feel the emotions. My friends, keep in mind, if you are ever unsure of what your state of mind is at a particular moment, you can observe your body from within. Feel the emotion in your body, as there will always be a true reflection of what your state of mind is at that moment. When we tune into our bodies in this manner, we are able to separate ourselves from the emotion and allow it to simply be there. We unlock the potential to understand ourselves at a more conscious level. Referring to what Eckhart Tolle says, make it a habit to ask yourself, what's going on inside me at this moment? That question will point you in the right direction. But don't analyze it, just watch. Focus your attention within. Feel the energy of the emotion. If there is no emotion present, take your attention more deeply into the inner energy field of your body. It is the doorway into being. Emotions and the impact they have on our body can also be observed and understood when we practice asanas or body postures. The purpose of practicing these body postures is to release the blocked energy or the reaction that the body is feeling towards the state of mind in a specific point in time. In fact, combining pranayamas and asanas together can aid in releasing the body's blocked energy points and increasing pran within the body, with the ultimate aim to allow the body to sit in meditation for longer periods of time. So far, I've talked about the mind, the soul and the emotions and how we can observe our state of mind through observing our breath and our emotions. Before I continue to delve deeper, I want to mention that just like our world is constantly changing, the perception that our mind has of this world is also constantly changing. This plays a large role in giving us the power to decide how to reduce the vidya over our mind. Our mind generates several thoughts on a constant basis and makes judgments, not always the right ones. A lot of these thoughts originate from our past conditions, but some also originate from just the way we perceive the world on a daily basis. What this means is that what we think today, or even at this very minute, may not necessarily be the same thing we think later on. So I recommend for this very reason that we observe our thoughts rather than try to suppress them. Because it is only when we observe our thoughts can we learn to detach ourselves from the mind and make conscious decisions arising from deep within us and not from the cloud of avidya. Now, my friends, we are ready to delve even deeper into the relevance of prana to understanding how to connect to the soul. Earlier in my talk, I mentioned about prana, which is the energy that travels to each of our organs. This is done through innumerable subtle nerves called nadis, which carry forth the vital force or pranic current that cannot be seen by the naked eye. All of these nadis are placed on the sides of the three most important nadis called the ingala, bingala and sushmana. The ingala is the nerve passing through the left nostril. 
The pingala is the nerve passing through the right nostril. And sushmana is the nerve passing through in between the ingala and pingala from the zone of the heart. Once the mind is controlled with its outward flow through different organs, it is taken to this point in the forehead, which is the trijunction of the three channels, ingala, pingala, and sushmana. Through the practice of asanas and pranayamas, we are only able to encourage the flow of this prana to these nadis. But this does not mean the soul is free or that we have restored the order in our body where the soul is the master. For this, we need a sadguru who can safely take us on this journey and remove the obstacle that is blocking the soul from understanding its true purpose in life. In the Sarved, Sadguru Sadafal Deoji Maharaj says that at this trijunction flows the water of divine knowledge, which purifies the mind of its dotages and bestows glazing serenity to it. Ingala Pingala Sushmana Nadi Sancho Dhanakaru Yukti Vichari Sushmana Kule Yukti Guru Beda Guru Murati Basagagana Acheda Kule Sushmana Sadhana Hoi Sahaja Sahaja Nishabda Samoi Bina Sushmana Sadhana Dhamba Bataki Rahe Jagaprakrita Rambha Shuba Suchaka Yaha Lakshana Ave Sabajho Rana Aruhumana Bave Which means Know the location of Ingala, Pingala and Sushmana from the Guru and make a thorough search for their secret activity. Inside the Sushmana, there is a fine hole above the head that is known as the 10th gate. The soul remains captivated in the body under the bondage of this world when it is closed. The secret hole is opened by means of the Guru's technique. Then the surati, also known as the conscious energy of the soul, passing through it beyond the worldly zone, enters into the zone of the Supreme Being. There, in the conscious sky, Sadhguru appears in front of the soul. Without the opening of the Sushmana, the conscious energy of the soul keeps wandering within the boundaries of this world, and it doesn't attain the Supreme Being. The practitioner, not having attained their goal, keeps practicing various methods of yoga, but is gripped with sorrow and worry, not having reached their destination. So seek a real guru and know from him the secret of opening the door of this world and attain consciousness. With this, I would like to conclude and state but one thing. Know how precious you are to have been born into this world in a human body, but also be aware of the many obstacles that play a very important role in your life to help you understand your true purpose. Thank you for listening, and I hope my words have inspired you to better understand your human body from a spiritual perspective. Yes, Priyankaji, for sure, your words have inspired us into a definitive, a better understanding of a human body. This was great and this was wonderful. Priyankaji very scientifically brought out the deeper scientific and the psychological perspective of connection between soul, mind, emotions, and several elements inside, the subtle elements inside the body playing a role 
she also spoke of a very interesting concept the reversed order of mind and soul and how that can be corrected with the guidance of sadhguru she gave uh, some very very practical techniques of controlling the urge controlling the emotions when we feel they are not in our control we learned from her a step by step progression starting from body to mind to emotions elements pranas and finally how the ultimate aim can be realized with the help of sadguru she mentioned seek a real guru and learn from him to unlock the door something great mentioned in spoken in very very simple words without the presence of real guru it is all that we just wander here and there without even realizing how and what the things are i'm quite sure many of us have many questions exciting ones coming up i request you to keep them posting on the whatsapp numbers and the slido.com platforms that you can see on the screen right now and throughout the session of course we now move towards the next segment to the question answer segment the interesting a very interesting segment of the session where i will uh, invite and welcome uh, raghavendra ji from iit delhi thank you so raghavendra ji so we have a, a very interesting question uh, uh, i think our seekers are posting on the slido i can see that now uh, one question uh, that i would like to take uh, i think we have a limited frame of time of around 6 minutes and there are two questions that i see so the first question that i would uh, pick up uh, a, a very basic one uh, yet a very very relevant question the speaker says i mean the questioner the one who is questioning is asking the speaker says mind is responsible for all pain and suffering is it also not responsible for all the beautiful creation around and if so then how it is our enemy i mean yeah it's a very practical question i would like you to reflect your thoughts on this oh absolutely a uh, very relevant question indeed so uh when we discuss uh issues regarding the mind we actually uh, there are two ways of looking at uh, the mind uh, in a generic sense one is the uncontrolled wandering of the mind that is if you look at a chariot and you have five horses and if each of the horses run in a different direction you will not make any progress in your journey right because the horses are pulling you in different dire- directions so this is the mind but other than the mind we make a fine distinction where we call the controlled or the rational part of our thought and logic what we call the buddhi so like uh, priyanka ji was telling us we have the man buddhi chit and ahankar so the buddhi is the rational part of the mind actually it's not really the mind 
in a generic sense we call it the mind because when we say the mind we talk about everything that we think the man and the buddhi are very very different even though they uh, they can be grouped in generically under the larger subheading of mind so the part of creation that comes is really coming from the buddhi it is the buddhi that forces the man and that is why you are able to do swadhyay you are able to study then you are able to produce a useful creative output you are able to produce uh, you see these musicians when they go in this semi trance like state that is when that creativity comes and they come out with creative you know bach beethoven our uh, own indian or uh, any literary work or any any work of a similar merit all that creativity all that beauty that really is driven from that so we seek to tame the mind so that we can then be more creative and then we can take our harness our mental energy towards the spiritual pursuit thank you yeah so so wonderfully so i believe then the word mind itself is not a proper representation of man uh, uh then it is like mostly we are referring to the creative part of it the buddhi would you agree to me on that uh, raghavendra ji very true very true no no there is no doubt that even the mind does uh, play a similar role it's like a, a continuum you know there is no black and white here there are shades of gray because that it is the same energy that is getting channelized in two different channels but there is a continuum between so uh, that is why it becomes difficult to distinguish it in certain points but broadly speaking the rational part that takes us towards a positive constructive approach that is the buddhi yes uh, yes so uh, continuing with uh, the same topic of mind and soul Uh, the next question that falls into the segment is uh, the speaker says giving the soul its rightful place with yoga and meditation the please elaborate a little does it mean soul controlling the mind and not vice versa i hope the the questioner the person the seeker was getting the sense of what uh, priyanka ji was uh, trying to convey uh, but he wants a little elaboration on the same raghavendra ji absolutely so i'm happy to see that uh, the questioner has gotten the essence of priyanka ji's talk uh, right that is true so like priyanka ji said that uh, the order in which the soul is governed has been reversed so is supposed to govern the mind which in turn should govern the senses and therefore our lives you know our sensory flow into uh, our lives the uh, problem is that the this particular hierarchy has been reversed so now it is the soul that is being controlled by the mind which itself is controlled by the senses and this is the problem so if we seek to make our journeys into uh, the spiritual realm or not just the spiritual realm in the first uh, stage of vihangam uh, we look at controlling ourselves our mind from and you know turning its outward direction its outward flow that pranic flow that uh, priyanka ji is talking about is completely external and so is the uh, mind's flow we have to internalize all of that and channelize and control it that is where we the first bhumi of uh, the first stage of vihangam yoga helps and indeed the larger intermediate goal though not a final goal the intermediate but very very important goal is that the soul should exert a certain point of time start to control the mind which will then control the senses 
and that is exactly uh, the way it is uh, a slightly more advanced answer to this would be available in certain videos in vihangam yoga where i think the questioner should uh, surely uh, log in and uh, receive this answer from the sadguru himself in a very in a slightly cryptic manner but uh, i am sure that this uh, at a higher level this answer needs to emanate from the sadguru himself and these videos are freely available on the internet very true raghavendra ji ultimately it is the presence of the sadguru seek a real guru and learn from him to unlock the door that's how even priyanka ji ended the talk so it's ultimately the presence of a guru that finally leads to the realization of these topics that we are discussing about thank you to all the speakers across the globe who joined us and we learned a lot from them thank you to all the global seekers our live audiences who has joined us and uh, taken out uh, time from their materialistic busy life thank you thank you to all of you for being a part of this session let's see each other again via the same media until the next weekend until then i wish you all a great health and prosperous life jai sat gurudev to all